0: having left Teachers College, I have always seen myself as an educator. And even though I'm in medicine, I see myself as an educator. I was going to take topics that were trending or topics that were popular in social media and then I was going to talk about those topics, but do it with an orthopedic twist. And so I'm going to entertain people and on the sly, when they're not paying attention, I'm going to throw in a little education.
1: Welcome back to Spindle, the show where we speak to driven and exciting individuals in science to highlight the many paths available to science students. On today's episode, we're speaking to Dr. Chris Rayner, who's an orthopedic surgeon, YouTuber, and business owner. He has an undergraduate degree in genetics, a master's in biochemistry, he's attended teachers college, and got his MD, all at Western. Today's episode is the first in a three-part series with Dr. Rayner. We'll be speaking to him about the work that he does his path from an undergrad in genetics to where he is now, and how a background in education has shaped his medical practice and entrepreneurial ventures. Dr. Rayner, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. To start off, tell us a bit about yourself, what you're working on now, and about your educational background.
0: Uh, Okay, so I am um, an orthopedic surgeon in a community setting. So that just basically means I don't work at an academic uh, institution. I have a community-based orthopedic practice, which means that it's a little bit uh, more of a general practice than somebody who would be in an academic center. center. My fellowship is in sports medicine, so that's my primary focus. But because I'm in a community setting, I have to do a lot of other stuff. So I also have to do arthroplasty, joint placements. I have to do uh, some trauma stuff. Uh, and a little bit of the everyday bread and butter uh, orthopedics, but I would say probably 50% of my stuff is
1: um,
0: is sports medicine related orthopedics. Outside of that, I also own a facility, Human 2.0, which is a integrated health, musculoskeletal healthcare facility, and our focus is injury prevention and uh, mobility uh, and movement training. So what we're trying to do. First of all, what I'm trying to do is is to bring together orthopedic surgeons, sports medicine, physios, massage therapists, uh, athletic trainers all into one facility under the umbrella musculoskeletal movement and active rehabilitation. And our goal is to basically empower people to learn about how to move better and to prevent a musculoskeletal injury and other musculoskeletal problems. So, uh, so I run that business with my wife. I'm a full-time orthopedic surgeon, but outside of that, my wife and I run a couple of uh, um, YouTube channels, uh, and so we are re- we have a very active social media presence, and we're trying to build uh, YouTube channels for both myself, Dr. Chris, as a brand but also Human 2.0 as a brand as well, so that we can amplify uh, the message that we, that we are trying to get out to people about musculoskeletal health and injury prevention. So those are the, the kind of, those are the three areas uh, of my life. When I went into undergraduate, I always knew that I had, that I, I had an interest in medicine. I had one of my best friends, um, In high school, his father was a physician, and I I found his career very interesting, and I always knew that I wanted to be a physician, so uh, that was kind of the backdrop. I didn't know exactly what type of physician or what type of field, but I always knew that that was something that was interesting, because I did have an interest in biology, and I thought the human body was, was very interesting. And I, and I did have an interest in helping people and doing things to, to uh, help people. And I, so I thought that a career in medicine would kind of bring those interests together. So I always had that as the backdrop. Uh, when I went to university, I went to the University of Western Ontario. I guess it's called Western University now. But I'm purple and proud forever. So I went there. And one of the other interests for me at that time was football. So I had been a competitive football player in high school and in the community, and I was uh, I was fairly good at it. I had been recruited by a number of universities, uh, but I had an interest in going to Western because at that time Western was the number one country, number one football team in the country, and I wanted to be able to play for the number one football team. So so I, um, although I had applied to a number of schools, I went to Western. I did biology as an undergraduate, but I was playing football at the same time. I always had medicine as the the eventual goal, but if there's any of your um, subscribers or viewers who play varsity sports, they understand that at university, varsity sports is like an occupation. And so for, although I would say that I was relatively self-directed and relatively studious, for the first time, being away from home and being my own boss and being able to come and go as I please and show up to class as I please. So doing having all of that and then at the same time having football in the background, um, I didn't really spend as much time studying as I should have. Okay, And so although I knew I wanted to go to medicine and, and that was always the eventual goal, during my first during my undergraduate that kind of had to go on the back burner uh, because my marks were not as as um, as good as I would have liked and i and i even though that was a goal i still also had a goal of playing professional football And i was going to i was trying hoping to to be able to do both play professional football and then go to um, uh, the undergraduate medical program and on to uh, a career in medicine so I kind of focused mostly on football the first four years um, and, you know, just kind of did whatever I had to do to get by with school. And obviously my marks were not not that high during my undergraduate degree. So when I finished football, uh, I was, I ended up being drafted in CFL draft. Uh, I went to um, training camp with the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Things didn't work out there, uh, and I had a choice of going back to school and playing another year of football, and then returning to their camp the next year, or just moving on. I already had—I was already married, and I'd already had, I already had—I already had one child at that point. So, you know, after talking with my wife, we decided that I had given it my shot for uh, professional football, and that it was time for me to actually buckle down and, and hit the books hard and get ready for medical school. So. At the end of my undergraduate degree, my marks were not good enough, so I applied to a graduate program. So my plan was to do a master's program in biology. I happened to, My undergraduate was in genetics, and so uh, I chose to do a graduate program that was similar to that. I ended up doing a graduate program in molecular genetics, uh, although it was in the biochemistry program. So I did that, and I did that for two years. Uh, after I completed that, I applied to medical school. I applied also to teacher's college as a backup, just in case my marks weren't high enough. Depending on what medical school, you, each medical school has their own admission criteria. And I applied, I had done the MCAT and I had fared uh, quite well on the MCAT, but still my cumulative average was not... Uh, sufficiently high for some schools. So I had to um, sort of pick and choose where I applied to. And I applied that first year or that first time after my graduate degree. I had done very, very well in my graduate program because I was only focusing on school. I had nothing else to focus on. But when I applied, I didn't get in the first time. Uh, and so I did get into Teachers College because, as I said, my marks were good, quite good at that time. Uh, and so Teachers College then uh, is, was a little bit different than now. Now it's a two-year program. At that time, it was a one-year program. So I did the one-year program. And again, my marks were quite good. So I reapplied to medicine at that time. And then I got in. So I did all of, all of those. So my undergraduate, graduate, Teachers College were all at Western and wow. then I got, I got into medical school at Western, so, so it was good, so I stayed home, and, and that was fortunate for myself, because at that, by that point, I now had three children, um, and my wife was also a full-time student, and we were in London, but we were both from Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge area, so we were only 100 kilometers away from home, so it was really fairly easy to, to be able to pop in to see our in-laws uh, or my parents uh, if we needed some help with kids or whatever. So I got in after my second attempt, uh, my second attempt for medical school, and then I began my undergraduate, and then I went through the the medical program uh, at Western. I also did part-time, I started part-time, a master's in education, but but during the day I would go to medical school, and in the evening I would go to do part-time courses in the master's of education, which I have not finished, maybe one day I'll get to it, but um, so I did that as well. When I was going through the medical program, I was kind of trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And during my football career, I had had some injuries and I'd had some orthopedic surgery. So I knew that that kind of interested me, at least a surgical medical career, but I wasn't entirely sure about orthopedics. I kind of used my medical school uh, as a time to sort of try a bunch of different things and see see what I liked okay so during the the process and towards my senior year in uh, medical school um, i kind of narrowed it down to between um, orthopedic surgery primarily and then general surgery as a backup uh, because i had enjoyed my time in general surgery and, and you know i thought yeah if, if i didn't get into orthopedics i could do that as well As I had said, football was a big part of my life, and it was very hard for me to give up football and and not do that anymore. I had done it since I was eight years old. So uh, one of the things that I thought about orthopedics is I noticed that a lot of the the people who I looked up to were orthopedic surgeons, and they had played football or they had played sports in the past. And then as orthopedic surgeons, they could do sports medicine-oriented stuff. And they could be involved with sports teams. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean I can be a surgeon and I can be involved with the football team again? I can be in the locker room with the boys? Sign me up. So, you know, after I thought about what I really enjoy in life and what I wanted to do with my career, I thought about, I, I really thought that orthopedics was the, the thing for me. And it's funny, you know, when I remember when I think back, Oprah Winfrey had a TV show at that time. And I remember watching an episode of Oprah Winfrey. I'm very much an A-type personality. I am always doing a million things, and I have a million things on my plate. And my wife is always telling me to focus and and prioritize. And I remember one day she said to me, I want you to listen to this. And Oprah Winfrey was, on that particular program, Oprah Winfrey was talking about prioritization and things uh, that are important to people. And and the gist of what Oprah said on that show is that people need to streamline their lives and they need to pick the three things that are most important to them and, and focus on those things. And so I knew for myself that my family, my education and sports were important to me. So I thought, how can I put these three things together in the tightest package that I can? And so in the end, I decided, I did orthopedic sports medicine. I get to still be around sports, right? Uh, I get to focus on, on the orthopedics, but still have the sports, and then the rest of the time for my family. So I thought that's that's what I'm going to do. I applied to orthopedic surgery, and I, I applied to all the programs across the country, but I ended up in Ottawa, which is where I am now. I did my training there uh, in the orthopedics uh, program. I went back to Western to do... My original plan had been to do two fellowships, one in sports medicine and one in trauma. In the end, just because of the length of time that I had spent in school and my wife was still um, going to school part time, full-time and part-time and full-time and part-time, we just decided that one was enough. So in the end, I did one fellowship uh, in sports medicine. uh, That was back at Western. And then we moved back to Ottawa uh, so I could look for a job and, and begin training. Sorry, not begin training, but begin working, I should say.
1: Going back to what you said about your background in education, how has that shaped the work that you've done and continue to do with Human 2.0, your YouTube channel, and as a surgeon?
0: After having left uh, teacher's college, I have always seen myself as an educator. And even though I'm in medicine, I see myself as an educator. I educate people on a daily basis, Right. I speak to my patients. I try to figure out what is their level of comprehension. And then I try to take whatever message or information that I am trying to communicate and convey, and I try to break that down into the simplest common denominator that they will understand. So I am educating people on a daily basis. And after doing that for a long time, you know, I started to think that that I there has to be a better way for me to do this. And I remember uh, my mother and father were both, they were both immigrants from Jamaica. Okay. And unfortunately, they only had grade 10 educations, right? And so my parents, when they would go to the physicians, their own um, respective physicians, they were, my parents were also from a, a generation where you don't question authority, right? So if somebody from an authority speaks to you and they say something, you take it and and that's that's good. So my parents were not of the mindset where they were uh, going to ask a lot of questions. So my parents, they would go to a physician's office and they would uh, the physician would tell them something and they say yes, doctor, so and so yes, uh, yep, you understand? Yes, I understand. And and then they would leave. And then at Having finished medical school, the thing that my parents would do after they got home was get on the phone and they would call me. And they would say, what does is, what is this mean? What is going on? And, uh, and I would explain it to them. And I, I decided I never wanted anybody to leave my office and have to do what my parents did, right, which was to call somebody to ask questions. I figured that I was going to keep people in my office and explain it a hundred different ways until I found a way in which they could understand. And so I got in the habit of doing that. And then I began to think, geez, man, like this is, uh, I'm, I'm doing this on a one-on-one basis. Why am I doing this one-on-one all the time? Why, why don't I start to educate other people and try to amplify this voice? So I had that thought in the back of my mind, but I did not know how to do that. So part of, so in, in the background or, you know, in, in other parts of my life, one of my sons was going to uh, university. And while he was in university, uh, he and his friends would make some videos. They, they kind of were fooling around on YouTube and, you know, they would take our camcorder. They would make some, they were doing drama stuff and they would do skits and whatever. and And they were doing, you know, just funny humorous stuff. And they weren't doing very much, but they had done that throughout university. And when that particular son decided to um, leave or when he graduated, he, he said to us, you know, we said, well, what are you going to do? Because he had a degree in business. and we said, I- I'm going to try and do YouTube full time. And he had had him and a couple of his friends had had some uh, modicum of success Doing the over the course of their university careers, they had some some degree of success in YouTube and they were starting to grow a little bit. And he said, I'm going to do it full time um, as uh, as a career. And so we said to him, you have one year if you're going to do this as a full time job, you have one year to pursue this like a job, take it seriously and and we'll support you. Uh, And so we did that. And during that year, he he did it like a job. And he worked hard. It's funny because people go, they go, oh, this is easy, this is easy. And they look at what he has produced and they have no idea the amount of work that was behind it. And he worked very, very hard. And he was very, very successful. And occasionally his channel, which grew up, was all humor and all pranks. People would say, oh, your parents should be in these videos. Your parents should be in these videos. And my wife and I were like, nah, we're not doing that. And it's funny because when we first started doing, he would he would be doing stuff at our house all the time because we were the permissive parents. We Our, our mindset was that we would rather be seeing what's going on and have you doing it at our, at our house where we can keep an eye on you rather than you go out somewhere in the community and do X, Y, or Z. So when they were blowing up stuff or or whatever on YouTube, usually it was at our house, in our basement, or in our backyard. So most of the time when they were doing that, I'm the safety guy because they're not thinking about anything having to do about safety or about people getting hurt or stuff breaking or whatever. So they would say, oh, they'd be discussing an idea. And I'd say, guys, no, no, no. I, I don't think you should be doing that, right? Because somebody's going to get hurt. or This is what's going to happen. So from, I, am, I started out being the safety guy. And then every once in a while, they would include us in a video. And when we first started, I always put a mask on because I was like, "Oh my God, I'm, I'm a physician. And I don't want people to see me at, in this video because you're doing crazy stuff, and I don't want people to know and all that kind of stuff." And eventually, I just got tired of putting the mask on, and so then I started being on there, and, and people enjoyed us being on there, and and so you know that kind of uh, played into my wife and I having a channel, and and we did that for a while, and then. I still had this thing in the back of my mind. It's like, how can I educate other people other than just my patients? And then one day my wife and I were talking about it. I said, we got to stop doing this crazy stuff that we're doing because like, why? Like what's, what's the reason why we're doing this? We should do something that has some meaning and we should start a new channel and it should be a channel where I can educate people. And so that's, that was the impetus of Dr. Chris, and and we decided, okay, that's what we're going to do. So we stopped our channel, which was our channel was called the Rens, uh, for short for parents, and and then we decided that we were going to do Dr. Chris, and the 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 whole idea of it was for me to educate people. My whole tactic on the Dr. Chris channel is if I look at the way my own kids consume. YouTube and consume stuff on social media. It, it Like, my wife and I, it, it's amazing. It drives me nuts, though. Like, we'll be driving in the car. They'll be listening to music. Nobody listens to a whole song. They listen to 30 minutes, and then, or 30 seconds, bang, onto the next song, bam, right? And they do, they do YouTube the same way. They watch a video. If it's not entertaining, bam, onto the next one, bam. So I thought, well, there's no way that I can make a channel where I'm going to just do stuff the same way they do in a a classroom. I have to be more engaging than that. And so what I decided to do was uh, I was going to take topics that were trending or topics that were popular in social media. And then I was going to talk about those topics, but do it with an orthopedic twist. And so I'm going to entertain people. And on the sly, when they're not paying attention, I'm going to throw in a little education, right? So my goal is not... During any video, I'm not, so for example, the video I just, uh, I just posted today was on knee dislocation. My goal is not to teach you everything about knee dislocations, okay? My goal is to teach you a little bit about knee dislocations so that you have an understanding in general what the, con- the concept is. And maybe in another future video, we'll come back to that topic and I'll teach you a little bit more. Right. And I'll build upon the foundation that I've already created. But my goal was to um, entertain people first and then once their defenses are down, hit them with a little education. So so that's basically what we've been trying to do on the channel and then trying to grow the channel.
1: We'd like to thank Dr. Rainer for taking the time to be on the show. Look out for our future episodes with him, and if you have any questions you'd like us to ask future guests, or just questions or feedback for the Spindle team, be sure to reach out to us through the form in the show description. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.